You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and this is another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is April 25th, and yesterday, Sunday, Atlanta United was beaten by Inter-Miami 2-1 at Drive Pink Stadium on a beautiful day down in South Florida. Renato Cisneros opened his account for Atlanta United in the 13th minute to give the team a 1-0 lead, but then Campania... Scored a fantastic goal for Miami in the 28th minute. And then Bryce Duke scored his first goal for Miami in the 64th minute to seal the win. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope you'll consider sharing and subscribing to this podcast and leave us a review if you get a chance. So this game was like a lot of games this year for Atlanta United. They dominated statistically. But they just can't put the ball on the net. And I'm going to talk about my thoughts on that in just a minute. Um, and they were undone by transition defense. All of these are things that Gonzalo Pineda talked about when we had our uh, scrum with him on Friday. And uh, here's what he had to say. Yes, a little bit. I think that's fair. I think uh, we also talk about creating more chances. And I think we did that as well. So there were moments of the game where I felt that we had the, the, the dominant side of the game and we created enough chances, in my opinion, but things like this is happening to us that we need to be just more clinical. And uh, I think also the goals we are conceding are not up to the standard we want to concede. And we just need to do better on both ends. So let's go through the stats from yesterday's game. Atlanta United dominated possession with 63.3%. Expected goals were 2.14 in Atlanta United's favor to 1.87. It took 20 shots to Miami 7, put 7 on target to Miami's 2. 12 shots inside the box. It's crazy that Atlanta United lost this game, but they did. Looking at the individual leaders, Diego Almada with 5 shots, Ronaldo Cisneros with 4 shots on goal, Brooks Lennon with 3 chances created. Santiago Sosa with 71 completed passes. Marcelino Moreno, who we're going to get to in a minute, 30 completed passes in the final third. <clears throat> but I don't believe he created a single chance in the game, which is part of the problem. Right? He created one chance, I should say. So let's listen to Gonzalo Pineda talk about what the team can do about these issues. 
what else can I do? We can continue playing playing uh, offensively and try to create the chances. I mean, this is a better problem to have, you know, not being clinical when you create too many chances, uh, rather than not even creating at all. And then begging for a set piece or a counter attack or something like that to in order to create goals. I think uh, we just need to be better. Obviously, since the training sessions, we have to do better. We have to try to be more clinical. And in time, I think this, this thing will change. And, and with the amount of chances we are creating, I think we're going to score way more goals. So in the past two games, I went and figured this out. The uh, 0-0 draw with Cincinnati and the 2-1 loss to Miami. Atlanta United has taken 43 shots, put 13 on target, and created 31 chances to only result in one goal. You got to think that eventually those odds are going to flip around, you know? Ronaldo Cisneros, to his credit, came and spoke uh, to me and to a couple of the guys on Zoom after the game. I asked him if it was starting to get frustrating for the team to not see the ball going into the net. Obviously, there's a little bit of frustration when we're not, not able to finish the, the chances that we're creating, but I think there would be more frustration if, you know, if, if it was the opposite, if we weren't creating anything, uh, if we weren't be playing better than the opponents, um, and, we, you know, we didn't have those chances at all. But I think, you know, you've seen we, we are creating them. We, we have been playing better than the opponents, uh, and, you know, that, that's all we can really focus on. You could sense a theme in the post-game comments uh, from both Pineda and Cisneros. And I got to give Cisneros credit for coming and talking to us. Everybody else got on the bus. It was a weird setup down in Miami for the comms people to try to go down and get players and bring them all the way back up to the press box to talk to us. Usually we just talk to them outside the locker room, but there wasn't any space outside the visitor's locker room at the stadium there for that to happen. So um, it's time for some tough love. I think for Atlanta United's offense and some players in particular, one player, Marcelino Moreno. Y'all think that I don't like Moreno. I do like Moreno. I think he is a good player. I think he is a skilled player, but I think he has fallen in love or a long time ago with the dribble and it's killing the team. Every time he gets the ball or even Almada is starting to do this now and just stands over and squares up an opponent it gives the defense that one to two to three seconds to find its marks, to get set, to get positioned, and the team can't get off a clear shot. When Marina will pass and move, and we saw this yesterday with he and Almada combining a couple of times, it was really nice. The offense flows, it works, it puts the defense under pressure. But when Moreno and Almada and even Arahujo came on and tried to beat like four guys off the dribble, when they start doing that, the offense will not work. Pineda was asked about Marcelino Moreno on Friday. He said he likes him. He wants players who will take chances. But to me, there's a difference in taking a chance a few times a game and taking a chance almost every time you get the ball. And that's what Moreno is doing now. He's he's trying to beat multiple people. He's not fast enough to beat multiple people. He, he can dribble. But typically when he gets by one, they catch back up and they knock him off the ball win it back or he gets fouled and it's just, it's not working. And he's so one footed that if you play him in the middle of the field, the whole left side of the field is pretty much non-existent for him. He can't, he will not turn and pass the ball that way. His passes almost always go to the right because he's so right footed. If he starts 
against Montreal on Saturday up at Stade Saputo, and I will be there. I'm curious if Pineda will put him on the left so that he can turn and has the whole field to look at, as opposed to allowing he and Almada to interchange in the middle. Um, Almada, I thought, had a fantastic game for the team against Miami. He's He looks like a, a really, really solid player. Uh, looking at his stats really quickly. In 90 minutes, he, he took five shots, went on target, created two chances, had a passing accuracy of 90.6, had a passing accuracy in the final third of 82.8. That's pretty good, I think. He completed three dribbles, didn't win any tackles, won back five possessions. Moreno, 90 minutes, one chance created, 78 touches, 81.1% passing, 78.9% in the final third. He completed three dribbles, didn't win any aerial duels, won two possessions, conceded one foul, had two fouls. There's a duels rate on here somewhere, but he did not do very well on the duels. He had expected goals of 0.26, Almada with 0.33. So that's the problem with the offense. On defense, there's not much Atlanta United could do about the Capana goal. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin got away from Caleb Wiley on a give and go. It was a nice little play. He put in a good cross. Campania kind of turned and had his back. And while kind of turning his upper body to the left, he knocked the ball back to his right and spun and hit a really good shot into the opposite corner. Opponents are trying to win too. That was a good goal. The next goal from Atlanta United's viewpoint, you heard Pineda talk about this, not a good goal at all. It started with a couple of players on Atlanta United's right side trying to keep the ball in bounds. It eventually got passed back to George Campbell. Campbell passed it across the middle, but didn't hit it nearly hard enough. It was intercepted, and that created a three-on-two situation, or three-on-three if you count the goalkeeper. Robinson and Campbell were scrambling, trying to get back. The pass came back from the middle of the pitch back to Campbell's side, and he stuck out a leg and missed the ball. The Miami player caught up to it, squared it back across the goal for Bryce Duke to tap in. Pineda said it was a frustrating goal. He said they work on that in training. They work on their angles. They work on those kind of things. And to see that happen, he was frustrated with it. But he was asked his thoughts about George Campbell, a very young center back who I think has a lot of potential. And here's what he said. He's a center back with enormous potential. We're very high on George. He's, a, he's still a very young player. And at times, center backs take a bit longer just to have consistency. That's all he's missing. And, and that will come with time, I would say. Uh, obviously, he has to believe in himself. I believe in him. The, the team believes in him because he's a hard worker. He's a very talented center back. But he just needs to believe the same way about himself and, and just continue with the path of growing, right? Uh, so I'm still very high on George, and, and I'm here to help him in any way to to just just be more stable in terms of performances week after week. Now, Campbell did pick up what looked like a groin injury in a collision with Gonzalo Higuain late in the game. Uh, we haven't gotten an update on Campbell yet. Um, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to go to the mailbag. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, and we're back. This is your host, Doug Robertson. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is Southern Fried Soccer. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash UTD scarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash UTD scarf. All right, let's go to the mailbag here really quick. I'm going to scroll down. We're going to start with Pat, who says the biggest disappointment for me was that two defenders did not track back on the second goal. They could have easily stayed with the score. Campbell has struggled with his distribution of late, but I think it is just him trying to do too much instead of just keeping it simple and going forward when he can. In the end, it should not have mattered as we should have put multiple chances away. You're right, Pat. Cisneros missed a good chance. Gutman missed a good chance. Cisneros missed another chance. Lennon missed a fantastic chance. The game should have been done and dusted. Long, long ago. Our next question comes from Adam a longtime friend of the podcast. Knowing these issues are related, what's more critical for Atlanta right now? The lack of finishing or the susceptibility to counterattacking goals? How much is the former just a matter of time for shooters to find form or something that can be coached? It's uh, You can't coach finishing. They work on it in training every day. Right now, I I think it's just bad luck. Uh, You see the number of shots, and then you see the expected goals, and you could see that the quality of the shots probably is not that great uh, compared to the expected goals, but the team has just got the equivalent of the yips in golf. It just cannot put the ball on the net when it matters, and a lot of that is Arahujo is not 90 minutes fit, but I think he's going to start on Saturday. Not having Joseph Martinez, you've got young strikers or or older veteran strikers uh, who may not have the the burst they once did starting. It's – it's a tough situation right now for the team. Adam continues, I feel Campbell was really poor today and that the back line as a whole was less than polished. Were players overthinking their efforts knowing they had a different keeper behind them? Do we expect the approach to building from the back to look different in Guzan's absence? Let me take a coffee sip real quick. Now, I don't think Bobby Shuttleworth being in goal affected anything yesterday. Um, I don't think it affected the center backs at all. I thought uh, Bobby uh, had a good game. Um, he's a Long-time vet. I don't remember any bad mistakes with his distribution, but he wasn't called upon a whole lot. I mean, he only faced two shots on goal, and both of them went in, and neither were his fault. Um, I guess you could say – well, no, you can't even say on the first goal that he could have done better. There was nothing more he could have done. Um, And, no, the approach to building from the back is not going to change. That's how Pineda wants to play. That's what they've trained and trained and trained. That is what they are going to do. Noah? says, wow, another Atlanta United loss away. What a shocker. I think I've asked this twice, but what do you think are the painfully obvious reasons we look like a totally different team away from the bins? I get it. You're supposed to win your home games and away is up for grabs, 
But this has gotten out of hand the past few years to where it's almost a guaranteed loss unless by some miracle we can level it or win it in extra time. Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, the team, uh, even at home now the past few years, I don't think this team looks confident. Uh, usually it needs something positive to happen to generate confidence instead of just having confidence. A lot of it also, and I've, I talk about this a lot on the podcast uh, over the years, when you can't get a consistent lineup on the field for every game, it's hard to build chemistry. And when you don't have chemistry, it's hard to get confidence. And when you don't have confidence, you get, in my opinion, some of the things that are happening right now to the team. They, they just cannot score. You also, as I talked about earlier, I think a couple of players aren't executing the tactics probably the way Pineda wants. He may disagree. Uh, we'll see when the next starting 11 comes out. And you could say, well, the team still did all this with if Moreno was playing poorly. It's it's not that he's playing poorly. I think he's he's he can be better. There, there's a difference. There's a, there's a gray area there. And Noah says, and Jay needs to listen to this. Have you ever considered hosting a Twitter Spaces for live conversation? Appreciate all the coverage and hard work you do for us as fans. I think Jay has talked to me about that a little bit, and I'm just kind of putty in their hands. I will do whatever I am told to do. All right, let's go to the Twitters. Uh, there's a couple of questions in here. Uh, Brian says, Campbell appeared slow all day, appeared to give up several times, and at times seems lost. What is Pineda's take on his play and the plan for a better defensive effort? Well, you heard Pineda talk about Campbell. I don't think he looked lost. I, I think he had um, he had the one bad pass. Um, I thought he looked hurt before that goal, uh, like a hamstring or something, the way he was kind of walking and running. And I think he's had a good season. I think he's, he just made a bad mistake. And, and really, to be blunt, Alan Franco makes at least one of those every time he starts, too. Miles Robinson has not looked nearly as sharp as he looked last year, I don't think. I think I'll probably see Robinson and Franco in Montreal because of Campbell's injury. So we'll just have to see what happens. And now City says, what do we have to do to stop fluffing in front of the net? At minimum, six open shots within a few yards. It should have been three to two or five to two, in my opinion. Not you're right. You're right. And I'm looking forward to Liverpool and Manchester City fighting it out for the Premier League title there, friend. Um, I mean, last week I wrote it in the story that posted today. You can find on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. We could hear Pineda telling the players during drills, finish it, finish it, finish it. We're working on goals. I mean, he can't go out and do it for them by himself. As he said, what more do you want me to do? Um, and I don't know. And then our last question, Wes says, why does Moreno stink? He didn't use the word stink. Uh, but the real question is why Atlanta United isn't playing a faster pace game. Seems we are too methodical a lot. I do agree with that. That's the passing and moving. That's the moving the ball from side to side. Pineda was happy with the offense. He liked that they were creating chances from the left, in the middle, on the right, through the air, on the ground, you name it, and they did it. They just couldn't put the ball in that other than the set piece that was kind of bouncing around um, in the penalty box that Cisneros was the first on. I do agree with you that the offense gets slow and Marino or Almeida get the ball and kind of stand over it and square up a defender. Uh, that has got to be stopped. Pineda has got to put his foot down on that, in my opinion, especially when you're doing it and there's still four or five defenders behind that defender between you and the goal. It just it doesn't make sense. All right, we are wrapping up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Find me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Atlanta United 2-1 losers to Miami. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. And y'all take care.
the AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. <laughs> <laughs>